Have you ever wondered how to write a resume? Well, keep on listening. This is the Career Talk Learn, Grow, Thrive podcast, where we talk about all things career-related, and I tell you how it is. Today is episode number 33, where we are going to be talking about how to write a resume in six easy steps. I am your host, Stephanie Dennis. My background is human resources, and that's what I have my master's degree in. But my passion is really helping others and sharing my knowledge. So here we are on the podcast. This is a good time to mention this podcast does contain adult language. And stay with me until the end because I have a super exciting, fun contest to talk about that we're running for this month of March. Let's dive in. Alright guys, so today we are going to be talking about how to write a resume in six easy steps. So often people ask me, Steph, how do I write a resume? I need this to be easy. I need this to be simple. Don't worry, I got you covered. So this episode is also going to make the assumption that we are starting from scratch. So if you already have a resume written, then go ahead and use this as a guide to make sure that everything on your resume is accurate and appearing how it should. So section number one is going to be your contact information. And the first thing in the contact information section I need you to have, it's super easy, it's your first and last name. I need to know who you are. Whose resume am I looking at? The second thing is going to be your address. And this is important because as a recruiter, I want to know, do you live close to where I need you to work? Is the commute going to be too long? Maybe you have to relocate. And oftentimes, we're able to relocate people for jobs. We just need to know if we need to do that up front. With the address, I want to say some people are uncomfortable putting their full address, and that's okay. You don't have to include your full mailing address, but I would include your city and state, maybe a zip code, uh, something that somebody can easily reference to understand where you're at currently. The third thing under the contact information is going to be your email address. And while this seems super obvious... Oftentimes, people are forgetting to include their email address, and unfortunately, if you don't have your email address, how am I supposed to email you to set up a phone interview? So there's going to be a lot of times where recruiters or even hiring managers are in a meeting or they're really busy and they may not be able to pick up the phone to call you to set up a time for a phone interview or a normal interview. And so having that email address is really, really important because if I'm in a meeting, I may not be able to pick up the phone, but I can send you a quick email to get the ball rolling. The fourth thing that I need you to include in your contact information section is your phone number. And for the same reasons it's important to have your email address, it's also important to have your phone number. And taking that a step further, let's say I don't have access to my email. Maybe something is broken or I don't have my laptop or whatever, but I have a phone. I can just pick up the phone and give you a call to set a time. And... Also, what people don't necessarily realize is typically as a recruiter, I'm pulling up the resume for the phone interview, and oftentimes I don't have your application pulled up. I just have the resume because that's all I really need as a point of reference if I already know what position you applied to. 
And if there's no phone number, now I have to go dig for it. Is it in my email? Is it in your application? So just keeping all of the most important contact information up front in your resume is just going to make it easier for everybody. I also want to note that the location of your contact information is really important. Oftentimes, people put their contact information in the footer of like the fifth page of their resume. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, how is this happening? Why is this happening? I don't understand. And maybe it's not the fifth page. That's just me being sarcastic. But even if it's at the bottom of the second page, that's a terrible place for it. When I pull up your resume, I need to know within um, a second how to get in touch with you if I want to or need to. Okay, step number two in writing your resume is going to be your skills section. So in the skills section, you're going to want to make sure that you're bulleting out all of your skills. There should be no paragraphs in your resume. None. Zip. Zero. So bullet out your skills. Don't use paragraphs. And you have to think about it this way. If I'm a recruiter or a hiring manager and I'm looking at your resume, you maybe have three to seven seconds to get my attention. And so your skills need to be very easy to find and you need to send the right message out of the gate with what you've included in the skills section. And in three to seven seconds, I don't have time to read a bunch of paragraphs. And just being totally honest with you guys. The second thing for your skills section is I want you to be very specific. And what I mean by that is problem solving is a really great skill to have, but everybody lists that on their resume or detail oriented and they spelled oriented wrong. That's like, that shit cracks me up the most. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. So you pay attention to detail, but we, we don't know how to spell check. Like, let's be all the way real guys. Like, like, come on now. Instead of saying problem solving, try something like, I don't know, strategically resolved several issues on budget and on time or something to that effect. Like put some specifics to whatever the skills you're listing are and just make sure that whatever the skills that you want to highlight are something that when a recruiter or hiring manager reads them, they're like, yes, I need this on my team. Absolutely. The third thing I want you to think about when we're creating your skills section is the amount of bullets you use. So how many bullet points do you have? And at the very most, I would say 10. And I really think 10 is too many. I think the sweet spot is like five to seven because I think it's enough where people can get a good idea as to what your skills are, but it's not too much where it feels like you're trying to add fluff or uh, put too many things in there that aren't the most important. So if you're struggling to figure out what skills you want to highlight on your resume, really strategically think about it. Think about what sets you apart from your colleagues. Think about what makes you different from your former colleagues. Really showcase the skills that make you stand out and what makes you different because that's what's going to help you stand out from the other people who are also applying to the same position. And don't be afraid here to be yourself. Now, it needs to be work-related and it needs to be professional, but we're people, right? We're people talking to people about positions and careers that could help us change our lives. Some people like to overcomplicate it. Oh my gosh, they're a recruiter. Oh my gosh, they're a hiring manager. It's just people talking to people. It really is that simple. 
So don't be afraid to make this unique, be yourself, let yourself stand out. Understanding, of course, we're still trying to get a job and we still need to be professional. Okay, our third section is going to be the experience section. And some people title this experience, maybe it's professional experience, maybe it's work history, I've seen career path, employment history. I don't really like work history or employment history. I think it's, I don't know, it just sounds a little bit off to me, but you do whatever you feel is right for you and your resume. And it, it's a good thing to note that all of these sections, so your skills section, your experience section, these headings were bolding on a resume or were underlining. I actually, on mine, I bold and underline them because I want them to stand out. But you need to have these different sections of your resume stand out from the rest of the resume. And hopefully that makes sense. I think it will because I think if you're listening to this, you already have a resume or you've done one in the past and maybe you just need to create a new one. So here are some things to keep in mind for your experience section. Number one is this is probably going to be the longest part of your resume and that's okay. And number two, no paragraphs. And I'm going to, I'll say it again, no paragraphs on any part of your resume. Zero paragraphs, none. Am I hitting this point home yet? I'll probably say it again, so don't worry. (laughs) Okay, number three is only write about your relevant experience if you have enough relevant experience where it speaks for itself. So let me give you a for example. For example, when I was 16, I worked at Mervyn's, California. If anyone remembers this place, uh, tag me in a Facebook message because, oh my gosh, so funny. I feel like it hasn't been around forever, but you know, it is what it is. Me and my friend, we worked there together and we had a freaking blast and we would call it the Big Merv. I'm not kidding you. It's like, oh, time to go to the Big Merv. Anyway, I'm getting myself off track again. I feel like we do this often, guys. Anyway, when I was 16, I was like retail sales associate was my title or something. I don't remember. But now, you know, how many years later, I have a significant amount of recruiting experience and HR experience. Listing that first job while I was still in high school working retail isn't relevant anymore. So really make sure that if you have some relevant experience that you're weighing that with that other experience that may not be relevant anymore. And maybe it is for you. That's just my example. Take that example and make it your own with your own background. But I think you know where I'm going with this. And number four is going to be including dates of employment. Now, I don't need to know that you started your job July 7th of 2012. I do need to know that you started your job in 2012, and it would be helpful to know the month. Most often, it's helpful to know the month, I should say. But I definitely want to know what year you started and ended the position. So include that on there. And number five is the format. Really make this look nice. Make each role you have listed in your experience section, make it look nice. Make the format stand out. Make the format consistent. Spend a couple minutes to make this look good. So when someone glances at your resume, their eyes go to exactly where you want it to go. And you achieve that by good formatting. Okay, so section four is going to be your education section. And there's just some really quick basics I want to touch on here. And 
I want, and I just want you to keep it in mind. So number one is going to be if you have achieved a college education, you need to include that, uh, whether it's bachelor's of arts, bachelor's of science, whatever it is, include the degree, include the college or university name. And then the degree that you received within what major. And then if you also had a minor, include that too. Like we don't want to exclude that. So I have a bachelor's and a master's degree, but I have a major in business with a minor in criminal justice for my undergrad. And so I have both of them listed. Now, criminal justice has like 0% to do with anything I do these days, but I got it. You know, like I'm not going to discount it just because it's not really all that super relevant. You know, it's still part of that degree. Include both. Now, dates of graduation. This can get a little tricky because I want people to include them sometimes. So if you've graduated recently, I would include it. If you haven't graduated yet, don't you dare put a graduation date on your resume and make people believe you've already graduated. You need to be very honest and very transparent on your resume and it'll also get offers pulled from you if employers find out you're lying. They will rescind offers from you. I've seen it happen. I've done it. It's nothing to mess around with. So just put anticipated, you know, December of 2018 or or whatever the date is. Now, let's say you graduated 2015, maybe even 10 years ago. I would encourage you to take the date off there. And now I don't want to go down a rabbit hole here or offend anyone But I also don't want someone to make assumptions about your experience or your qualifications that could be false based on a graduation date, okay? I I hope that makes sense. And again, I'm not saying this to be offensive. I'm really just being very honest. The second thing in our education section is if you have not received a bachelor's, master's, doctorate, but you did receive a high school diploma, I would put that on there. So essentially, if you have a bachelor's and above, don't include your high school diploma on your resume. However, if you do have a high school diploma, but you do not have a bachelor's or an associate degree, make sure you put that on there so people know that you graduated high school because oftentimes that's going to be a basic requirement of a lot of positions and so we don't want people to assume because it's not on there you don't have it okay section five we're almost there we're almost there guys this one is certifications and licenses and now this one may not apply to majority of us i don't have any certifications or special licenses i used to have some in the financial industry but i've been out of that world for a long time so none of it is up to date so here's a couple things just to think about If you're in an industry where a certification or a license is going to help you get the job you're going after, for sure include it on your resume. So a few things on uh, certifications and licenses is make sure that you're only including current and active certifications or licenses. And if you have something that has expired or um, you haven't renewed yet or, you know, however you want to phrase that, don't lie. If it's expired and you're in the process of renewing it, I would put that on there. Expired, but renewing on whatever. If it's expired and you have no intention of renewing, I would honestly just take it off because as a recruiter, I'm going to wonder, okay, it expired, but you didn't renew. What's up with that? Why? Like Then I'm going to have more questions and it may just not even be worth it to include it. Of course, you want to include the name of the license or the certification that you have. 
you're also going to want to include the organization who granted you the license or certificate. Last section, guys, we are there. This is the home stretch. Number six is formatting. So we've hit all the basics. We've hit your contact information. We hit your skills section. We covered your experience section. We covered your education, certificates, certifications, licenses that you may have received. And now we need to make this thing look good like real good. So like when I pull up your resume and you got three to seven seconds to catch my attention, you do that. Or if I send it to my hiring manager, you usually have like 30 seconds with them. They usually read a lot more than recruiters do. I'm just being totally honest. Like I'm, you guys know me. I'm going to tell you how it is, right? So hiring managers scrutinize resumes way more. So here's what we're going to do. We're taking off all of the paragraphs in your resume. If you haven't already, because you should have like, you know, 15 minutes ago probably because we talked about it up front. But turn every paragraph into bullets so it's really simple and really easy to read or to skim. Okay, so we've taken off all the paragraphs. We've converted everything to bullet points. We have made our headings of each section bolded and underlined. We do not have any italics on a resume. Italics are hard to read, and I don't know why people love them so much. I hate looking at italics. It's just, ugh, ugh. Makes my eyes hurt. Maybe I just need to wear my glasses more. I don't know, but no thank you. Take that crap off there. We also have made our experience section consistently formatted. So here's why this is important. Let's say you have four different positions listed in your experience section and the first piece of it is maybe the company name and then you tab twice and it's your title and you tab twice and it's your dates of employment and then under that you have all your bullet points for that position. Well if we're only tabbing twice your titles probably aren't the same amount of letters. So it's not going to line up. So we need each of those uh, tabs to be lined up. Hopefully that makes sense to you guys. A couple other things to note here. If you have an objective on your resume, take it off. Delete it yesterday. So here's the thing with an objective. If you're too specific with your objective, you're going to pigeonhole yourself. You're going to exclude yourself from a lot of positions that would be a good fit had you not worded your objective the way you did. And if you're too broad, it's going to look like you're just taking up space and it's worthless. So either way, take it off. It can hurt you and it can rarely help you. Okay, so objectives, remove them. Summaries, they're usually a whole hell of a lot of paragraphs. Remove them. Convert them to a skills section and bullet it out. References. For the love of God, people, take it off your resume. Even that little line y'all keep at the bottom, references available upon request, we know. We know if we need references, we can request them. Now, whether or not you give us references, that's a whole nother conversation. But trust you me, if I want to make you an offer and I need your references, recruiters and hiring managers are not shy to ask. I promise you that. Take it off. It takes up space. It's distracting. There's really no need for it, so just remove it. Also, a couple other things under formatting here. Your resume should be very clean and easy to read and easy to glance over and easy to skim. And just if I was to take a quick glance and I only looked at your resume for seven seconds, I should be able to understand what you've done 
and roughly how much experience you have. Just real quick. So what I would even encourage you to do is give your resume to someone and watch their eyes. Where do they look first? And wherever they look first, is that where you want them to look first? Also, your font. Your font needs to be easy to read. Now, you decide what's easy to read because there's like a million fonts out there, so I can't even begin to give you a good list. But there are some funky fonts out there. I'm not even joking. So just make sure you don't have a font that's too much. Okay, the last thing under formatting, and then we are done, is going to be spacing. And now, I'm not going to tell you it needs to be single-spaced or 1.5-spaced. Don't do it double-spaced. I will say that. Don't double-space your resume. Those look terrible. And I would probably lean towards single-spacing, but I just want you to make sure your spacing makes sense. This isn't even necessarily the line spacing. Let's say we all use single spacing because honestly that's what looks the best. But after each section, maybe after your skill section, you have two spaces and then you have your experience section. But in between each position, you only have one space. But at the end of that experience section, you have two spaces again before you get into your education. And then you have two spaces again before you get into your licenses or uh, certifications that you have. So it's consistent spacing, or maybe it's just one space after everything. Whatever's right for you, you need to decide, but just make sure your spacing is consistent. So it, again, it it looks nice and it looks pretty. So when someone glances at it, they're not distracted by terrible formatting, but they can actually look and read and understand your experience and evaluate you and say, yeah, this person is going to be a good fit. Because I have to tell you guys, there's a lot of resumes I look at with horrible, horrible spacing. It's terrible formatting. The font is all sorts of wacko and they've got italics everywhere. Nothing's bolded. It's all paragraphs. I literally look at those resumes, you guys, and I'm like, like, what in the bloody hell is this person thinking? Because I can't even look at the resume to figure out where to focus first. So while it might sound really nitpicky that we're talking about single spacing and double spacing and two spaces and only one and make sure this is bold and make sure everything lines up and all of your tabs are correct, all that stuff. While it sounds like it's nitpicky and stuff being a perfectionist, which I am, I am guilty of being a little OCD And I just want everything to look nice and look good and look pretty and be clean and organized all the time. That's me. Totally guilty of all that. But also as a recruiter, looking at resumes, I also need that. Not because I'm crazy, but because I need to know where to focus my time and my eyes. Remember, if we have six, seven, eight seconds, sometimes usually less, you need to make sure your resume is formatted so when someone glances, they know exactly where to take their eyes to want to say, yep, I want to talk to this person. Cool. Okay, I know that was kind of long, but it's how to write a resume in six super easy steps. We didn't overcomplicate it. We didn't put a ton of shit on your resume you don't need. We just put the basics. We put the essentials for people to understand and know what your background is and that they want to call you. Okay, everybody, I hope you found this episode helpful and valuable and a good source of information. As always, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to listen. I know you're busy. I'm very grateful that you're here. You can find our episode show notes and more information at findingthebestfit.com. 
And if you're looking for more episodes on resumes, check out number eight, which is titled Resume Tips. Number 16, which is titled, Is the Resume Dead? And number 30, where we talk about four main types of resumes. And be sure to come back next week for episode number 34, where we talk about finding a mentor. And in case you haven't heard, there is a Facebook group for all the listeners of this podcast. I created it so we can all come together and just help each other out. So if we have questions or if we want to just pick each other's brains, there's a community out there of like-minded people for us to join together with. So head over to Facebook. You can just type in the name of the podcast. Um, And I also have a direct link in the episode description. I would really love to hear from you guys too. You know, let me know, like, what are you struggling with? What questions do you have? And if I can help out, I would definitely love to. So send me a quick note. You can find me on my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash StephDennis13, or my email is in the episode description as well. Also, I've had a lot of people reach out with questions on how we can work together. So I have resume review services. So I do not believe in having someone write your resume for you, but I definitely believe in having someone review it and giving you pointers and suggestions. So I have those services as well as career coaching services available. And I'm working on creating very, very affordable options to dig deeper where we can work together as well. Uh, So if you have any feedback or suggestions or things you would like to see in those really affordable options that may not be one-on-one, but more of like a a self-study type of service, definitely reach out and let me know. I would love to hear any feedback or suggestions you have. Uh, And to the people I've already heard from, I really want to say thank you for providing that feedback. I so very much appreciate it. And if you use the discount code podcast for any of my services, you can get 10% off. Okay, super exciting news. This month, so in the month of this recording, March of 2017, we are running a podcast review contest and I'm so excited for this and you don't want to miss out. So all you need to do to enter into the contest is leave a review of the podcast and the directions are coming up in just a second on how to do that. Screenshot the review, post it to Facebook and use the hashtag career talk podcast and one winner is going to receive a free hour of coaching or a resume review. You get to pick whatever you need help with the most. So don't miss out. Take advantage of this contest. I can't wait to see your reviews. And if you're not sure on how to leave a review and rating for the podcast, I have directions in the episode description and I'll walk you through it real quick right now. So this is for iTunes. So go to the the podcast app on your phone in the bottom toolbar, tap search, and then in the top toolbar, enter the name of the podcast and then hit the podcast show graphic. So not the episodes themselves, but the show graphic. Go to reviews and just tap write a review. I would be so very grateful if you could take the time to write a review. And don't forget, screenshot it, tag it with the correct hashtag on Facebook so you can enter into the contest. You guys are awesome. Thank you for being here. Go out there, be a badass today, and go after your dreams. Talk to you guys soon.